This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're dropping out new podcasts, and we've got a great one for you today. You are going to love this. You probably have to pull over and get a Coke or a coffee so you can sit and enjoy this. Or if you're driving, I mean, just don't get too enamored and drive off the road today. But on the doc.org, every Tuesday and Thursday, we drop out podcasts, and we are all about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. And we're found on three different major platforms, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Those are our big platforms. Check those out. But also, you can find us at Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermon net and we'd love to hear from you on our five social media partners facebook instagram twitter telegram and getter go get it on getter and uh, we're doing well there hey by the way uh beth i am the 178th heartthrob number one christian viewed podcast i'm the david hasselhoff of thailand i can't hear you gotta turn on my that's really awesome yeah i'm i got a record from this is from apple 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 says i'm the david hasselhoff and i'm 179th in thailand we have a huge they didn't call you that we have yeah i know you did but but we're we have a huge following in thailand because of our churches there and so they have really got us in the christian community daniel and all them so thank you guys thailand we want to hear from you go to facebook instagram twitter telegram tell us you're there please hit subscribe like notify and we'd love to be we would like to be 179th in the united states so pass it around get it around we'd like to even be on the board and I could be David Hasselhoff here. I don't, David Hasselhoff wouldn't be possible here. So I'll have to be somebody else That's here. That's okay. So you can be Troy. I could be Brad Pitt for you. Yeah. Nah, Troy's no, fine. Troy's fine. Okay. Yeah. Patreon, go to Patreon, my Patreon site, become on the doc partner, be a Patreon partner or sponsor. We have two tiers, our two programs, sponsorship and partnership and three tiers in each of those programs. If you want to sponsor our show or be a partner in it, and we'd love to tell you how, go there and find out at Patreon um, website. And you can also go to onthedoc.org and link over. Onthedoc.org, there we are. You can find all our platforms that way. Info at onthedoc.org is our email. We'd love to hear from you. Donna, our executive producer, would love to talk to you. We'll answer your questions, help you out with anything. I have on the set with me my lovely co-host today, Mother Beth Benetton. How you doing, Mother Beth? I'm doing good. How are you? Mother of many, including our four kids. Now we got a couple grandkids. Yeah. We've got multiple animals, lots of animals. We have raccoons. We have possums, dogs, possums, birds. She's she's that, and lots of people in Africa and all that. We have Lucas here today, our executive director, techno wizard. Lucas, thank you for being in the studio. He put the studio back together. We were di- we did a remote. Hey, Luke, hey, Luke, Lucas, Lucas can't. You don't have a microphone today. 
No, Lucas can. Uh, Lucas, and, uh, we did a remote for one of our season two shows, and we had take, we stripped the whole studio down. Did a remote with Fred Bishop, so it's going to be great. That's part of season two. Go, go find that one. And we have got an incredible show for you today. I'm looking for a slide that didn't pop up. There it is right there. We have in studio Sandra Colombo. Sandra, welcome to On the Dock. Thank you. You're already Thank a you. professional. Yes. You got it down. You hit your cue right on the mark. She says she's never done anything like this. This woman is 95 years old as of June, and we're her first podcast. I'm excited too. That's, it's going to be really good. It's going to be. This is going to be so good. Sandra yeah. hails to us from here in Illinois, but she. We're going to tell you all about her. She is. Uh, she's got a great history. We're going to tell you all about her, and she is part of a series we are doing that is the last of this series, and this series is called. Well done, lies lived well. So well done it comes from, Sandra, uh, in the Bible. Uh, I'll give you the, the, the background of what the Lord put on my heart about this. In the, in the Bible, there's a thing called the, on, on the screen here, a thing called the parable of the talents. You know the story in the Bible where uh, the Lord gave one five and one three and one one and then said, go do something. The, the, the owner said, go do something with them. And then the, the servant, uh, the, the master came back and said, well, give me your report. And the five said, here, I got five more. Here's 10. Three said, I got six. Here's six. And the one guy said, you know, hey, I knew you were shrewd and tough and mean, so I dug a hole and put your dollar in it. Here's your dollar back. And we know that the Lord wasn't happy with that. He said, you could have at least gone to the bank hmm. and got me a little interest. But because you took what I gave you and you hid it, um, I'm going to put you out and take what you have and give it to the guys that did better. And there's a scripture in that that says, um, Matthew 25, verse 21 and 23, the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. It's God saying that when we take our lives and what he's given us and we do our best that we can with them, he will honor that and he'll bless us. And what he doesn't want us to do is take what we have and, and hide it and not give him the glory for it. And so I was, I was inspired by that scripture and thinking, who are people that I know that have lived lives with well done? And I thought, I want to get some of these people on tape and let them tell their stories because I think this generation right now, we look to like TV and movies for heroes like Superman and Batman and Robin. But honestly, Superman, Batman and Robin and Iron Man and all these, you just named the Hulk. Uh, okay, this is going to be harmful. They're not real. <laughs> they're, they're fun. Okay. I love the TV. I love the movies. But people they're not real but we have jesus is real the heroes of the bible are real and the people we've been interviewing in this series like my grandpa don like uh myron like jerry and evelyn and fred and now today sandra as we wrap up this series the people we've been these are real people they have lived you know 70 80 90 100 years old to be of age they've lived through all of us think we're going through everything bad now <laughs> Dude, these people have lived through the Great Depression. They've lived through wars, not just one war, two, Korea, Vietnam, right. you know, Gulf War. You, so so they've lived through having no computers, having some computers, having all computers, having some of them before cars were popular. Now cars are popular and now they want to give them up and go to electric. You know, they have seen some, they have seen us on this planet, now on the moon and now thinking about going to Mars. This generation has lived through a lot of change yeah and somehow or another they have kept i haven't found many people like 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 sunder meeting her a couple times down and grandpa and th these older folks 
have maintained such dignity and composure, mm-hmm. I think our people have a lot to learn about how they went through these changes. So yes. hopefully we, as you hear Sandra's story, you're going to hear that. But what inspired me, and now Sandra, I don't know if you watch any TV or not. Do you ever watch TV? Not much. You know, not I, was, I was afraid of that. Not at what all. What inspired me was this man. You're not going to know. Do you know who this man is? This is a TV personality. Now, when I tell you who he is, you're going to be like, oh, no. This man, I don't think he has a name. Oh. But when they run the commercials, he has a name, but he's the man. This is going to be terrible. You're going to think, what kind of pastor would use this as an example? <laughs> this is the man that is speaks on the commercial for Dos Equis beer, for the beer commercial Dos Equis. And they always have him on the commercials. He's selling the beer. He's very, he's he's a Spanish man. He's very suave and debonair. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says, well, I, I, I drink beer only occasionally. But when I drink beer... I drink Dos Equis. Oh. And they introduce him and they go, this man is the most interesting man in the world. We don't know who he is, what his name is, but the commercial says the most interesting man in the world drinks Dos Equis beer. And I always thought that was kind of cool because he's very, I mean, he's very interesting. Now, I don't think he's more interesting, though, than the great heroes of the Bible. I don't think he's more interested than you, Sandra, or a lot of these great people we've got a chance to interview. So I got thinking... I would really, instead of interviewing a beer salesman or interviewing or talking about fake heroes, I want to talk about real heroes, real most interesting people in the world. So for you today, you're the most interesting woman in the world to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I heard about you, Sandra, you came to Women of Faith. Beth was hosting our first Women of Faith and you came and I know you're in Alexis Long's refit. You go to refit. And Alexis Long is is just a part of our team and staff. And and she says, you're like her, one of her best refit people. (laughs) And you even went through a broke hip and you've kind of rehabbed yourself through and all that. And, uh, but we know you came and, and the women were so inspired by your life and your story. Beth and I got talking and we had planned to end the series with Fred. So we said, we've got to extend well done for two more and we're going to have you for a part one and part two right now. So we're going to get going. Sandra, tell us uh, okay, you're, you're 95 in June. You're, you're getting around great. And you where are you from? Where do you, where were you born? I was born in Milano, Italy, Milano, Italy. So you're, that's in the hill, that's in the mountains in the, in the, well, it's on the edge. It's on the edge. It's not really. It's close to the Switzerland border. Right. So but it's a city. It's the second largest city. You're not in quite Italy. in Torino or up in the Alps. No, but Tor- you're at the, Torino, at the foot. Torino is the next state. You know, we're divided by states like like we have here in the United States. So Milano is part of the Lombardia. So were you totally. a run, were you a run, are you a famous runway model for, for no no <laughs> I just wanted like the we, fashion capital well, we, of it, Italy it's the fashion capital right. of the world it capital is world, but, yes. but not yes. during the war that's when I was in Italy during okay, okay, the war okay, yes. yeah. so Milano was before New York the fashion place yeah. right so right. it kind of preceded that well it was uh, at first it was Paris then it, it was then Paris think, yeah, then, right, Milano, then Milano and then yeah. then New York kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Milano famous? It wasn't famous for that in the wartime. Not so that then. came later. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up? Were you born in Milano? Your family from Milano? I was born in Milano and I lived there until I left when I was 19. Okay. When I got married. What what kind of work did your family do in Milano? What, what, what? My dad was a car dealer. He had his own, you know, dealership. That's very early in the car world, though. Yeah, so so yeah, we're talking yeah. about yeah. Italian cars? 
Yeah, I'm sure. All Italian car dealer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So your dad was a car dealer. Wow. Well, and he he died very young, so he really didn't get to. um, He was only 37 or so when he died. Did he die of natural causes in the war? He did. No, he was in the military, Mm -hmm. but he contacted this infection behind the ear. Really? I don't know what you call it in English. And passed away. Uh, Yeah. And how how about your mom? She was 33 when he died. Oh my! And uh, she was just a homemaker. Just a homemaker. Yeah, but wait, before she got married, she had her own um, dry cleaning shop. Dry cleaning shop. Are you are you an only daughter? Are there other no, siblings? No, there was another sister and one son that I never met because he died when he was a year and a half. Mm. So I really never met him. So, so you were, you 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 immigrated out at nineteen, but but before, so nineteen would have put you at about nineteen forty five, correct? Yeah, so, somewhere in that time. Nineteen forty six. So that's the end of the war. That's so, so you lived in Italy through the war. I was there through the, all through the war. Give us a feeling for I mean, I mean the Allies, uh, the Americans didn't come into Italy till much later, correct? Right. So because my grandfather was in part of the groups that came in right. with I guess Patton's brigade and the tanks right. and all that stuff. They came in, went through Italy, and 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 my grandfather who is older than her and she knows my grandparents. My grandmother's mm-hmm. passed now, but they they're all from here, and there were a lot of Heron military was in Italy at that time, correct? Right. A lot of the boys from Heron were in the groups that were in but, Italy. But the fighting in Italy came from the south. It started on south. Up north, where we live, we were just were invaded with the Germans. So, so define south, like from the, from the from end? Rome, from Rome on down. From Rome on down? Sicily and all, and that's where the, 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 the American troop you know, my grandfather acted like when he got up in the mountains, it was more relaxing and it was more taking it easy. And the war was pretty much over by the time they got up there. Is that well, by the time they got to Bologna, Bologna. which is between Rome and Milano, that was Bologna. That's where the war ended. Thank God. Yeah, we've been to Bologna. We spent about a week in Bologna doing cooking lessons. I spent a week in Tuscany. I spent a week in, um, up in, um, uh, the Torino area and up Mm in, uh, the north of Piedmont as yeah. well, Piedmont as well, and a week right. in Rome. We spent like 35 days there at, on a mm. cooking tour. I right. told her we changed trains in, in Milan. It, we cha- that's where we changed trains. She, yeah. said, well, she said everybody does. Everybody <laughs> changes train or catches the plane from yeah. Milan, but they don't stay there. Don't yeah, stay. we didn't get to stay in Milan at all, no, did we? Did we change the train? We wish we had of. I think that's where we got the super fast train out of Florence to go to, to, go to Paris. To go to Paris, yeah. and we went over to, we stayed in Lucerne. They call it La Freccia. That's the that new, you know, real fast. It was fast. Thing. It was so yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, going, going over the Swiss Alps, and that were beautiful little old churches yeah. nestled in there. They call it La Freccia, which means the arrow. The arrow. It's very fast. Yeah. Yeah. We were going like over 130, 140 miles an hour. It's crazy. Yeah. It you didn't really fast. feel it on there. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. We went through to Lucerne and spent a night. And Lucerne was so expensive, we about we about starved to death. Oh it was like twenty bucks for a hot dog. It oh was yeah. Lucerne is very expensive. Yeah, it is. And then we got to Paris, and we enjoyed Paris a lot. Yeah. I went to Venice. Venice, we, we love Venice. Yeah, Florence, Venice. Uh, Rome. Venice is very unique, you know. Yeah, we love Venice. No we we liked Rome the least. We enjoyed seeing the holy sites. No, mm. we did not like Rome. No, we like Na- Naples. Was the worst. <sighs> Naples had the be- Vesuvius and all the view on the coast beautiful. But Naples, were, there were so many thieves and pickpockets, and, yeah. and, and even the taxi cab drivers were hustling you. Uh, Naples was very kind of, it was like going to New York or Chicago. Well, when you it get to that, to that Calabrians in Sicily, there's a lot of um, um, mafia. Mafia as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. that the controls 
you know, all these street people. And so it's better, is, is it better under the mafia where, where the mafia is strong or is it worse? I don't know, because up north we didn't have You didn't have none of that. Uh, the, okay. we're, but, we're, we're, but we knew, you know, you heard about it, the, yeah. the, the mafia down south. And as right. a matter of fact, that's the reason why I think we don't have all the factory and everything. We don't have anything down south because the mafia won always a share of it. And these people just went out. I had a friend that wanted to open a restaurant, but he didn't want to get his share to the mafia. So, so he had to do it. So, 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 so all the manufacturing's in the north? Yes. And then, so not very, now you said Bologna. Where is Milan in the re relationship to Bologna? Bologna's to the right. More toward the Mediterranean? No? Um, yeah, it all depends if you're going from the bottom. Bottom up, yeah, yeah. going from the boot up. But you have the, the, you have the, the, the ocean on both sides. Yeah, how far you were know, you, they, from, how far were you from Bologna? You were about... Uh, maybe three hours. Three hours? And day. then from the water, you could be at the ocean. How quick? Oh, yeah, I could go from Milano to Venice and back the same day. Same day. What, what's cool we were talking about for the show is you can be up skiing and you could be on the beach in the same day. Right, exactly. Yeah, very much. And well, I, because Italy is very small. Yeah, so I was yes. telling her, our family's from Valparaiso. We have mm -hmm. some family from Portofino. And Valparaiso's up a little more in Torino in the, in the hills mm -hmm. above you. But you could be up there skiing and come mm -hmm. back down and be in Portofino, someplace mm -hmm. like that, in the French yeah. Riviera, in the Italian Riviera, yeah. and, and enjoy it. Immensely. Port Portofino is beautiful because it's close to the French Riviera. Okay, my, from there you go to the French Riviera. My grandpa Charlie said Portofino was a dive in his day when he was a little boy. It was a fishing village. It was just a poor man's fishing village, and now it's one of the most expensive places in the Italian Well, Riviera. because we have a lot, a lot of German people. They come in the summer, they invade Italy because they don't have a lot of ocean around. Yeah, there. right. So and they're so close, you know. So, but it was very poor. Know? Portofino was very poor wartime. Fishing village, poor, well, and it became very nice. Well, everything was poor in more time <laughs> because everything came to a standstill. Oh, and it really yes. So yes. it was uh, it, it was just not too much so, so action. What did you see happen during the war? What, give us a little bit of feeling well, of, of yeah, a 19-year-old girl during the war. Well, what I experienced was I was 14 when the war started. So were you, did you, so, were you in high school, junior high at the time? or? Yes, and then... Um, um, and then I had a part-time job, you know, after, after school. But the, what we experienced the most was the bombing. We were bombed day and night. Day and but night? Day and night. So they would have the alarms. That, you know, did you still alarms. go to school and did you still go to work? Yeah. And you just don't know when a bomb's going to come down? We didn't know where the bomb is going to And it sounds just like in a movie when they whistle and boom. Just, you know, like just like it. Just like it. You know, so it, when, when are, you, you're a 14-year-old girl. You're going to school and you're having to go work in the afternoon? You work no, after school? No, I, I didn't go to work till later, till, till like 16. Till 16. Know, what kind of work did you do as a... As a I was in the office. In the office just after, just a part-time. So you had to carry a part-time job. You're going to school and at any time bombs could be dropping on your head. Yeah. And the one that it was really <laughs> very, very uh, dramatic was that... Uh, you kind of come, become complacent when the whistle blow because they were not always attacked. You know, we didn't always have the attack. Right. They just warn you that the planes were getting closer sometime. They went over, they didn't drop bomb or anything. So people became kind of complacent. They were mm -hmm. walking around even during the, the, you know, the warning period. But this time, we were really bombed big time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they killed people on the street. I uh, I had to walk every all the 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 electricity was off all over the city, and um, no transportation, no communication, cause all the wine went down. I had to walk home, which I had to walk through the zoo. It was all on fire, mm. and um, 
So, you know, from then on, then people. How many years did you have this? Did you, bomb? four years of this. And you just, it would be, I guess it'd be harder at sometimes, less at sometimes. Well, I mean, you do what you have to. You, and you know, just kept on. You just kept on going to school. You went on to work. You do what you. you picked up. The we have the curfew. Nine o'clock. Everything. <laughs> you know. Everything was dark. Like, um, if we have party amongst us for, uh, girls, you know, in the neighborhood, one, and then the 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 food was rationed. So you had the butter, the oil, and all that was rationed. Mm -hmm. Limited food supplies. Exactly. And stuff. So when we got together, the big cookie. One will bring the oil. One will bring the. <laughs> The butter, the other bread, the flour, you know, we still... Were a lot of the men uh, conscripted off the war, so they were the, gone? The men, the men, they defaulted because they didn't want to join, join the Mussolini army. So oh. they were underground for the Americans. Okay, oh. I, okay, I need you to explain this for people because people have got bad history. Okay, Mussolini was kind of the Italian dictator for a right, period. Okay, exactly. But he was... A German sympathizer for sure, at minimum. Well, he, he allied with Germany. He allied. You know, yeah. Kind I, of against the Ita the Italian people weren't supportive of it necessarily. No, the people. No. So Mussolini really almost invited the Germans in to, to destroy their his own country, basically. Well, he didn't invite them in. They were allied. So you know <laughs> what I'm saying? But yeah, they right. kind of kept each other at right. bay. You know what I'm saying? So how did we so, get? How did we finally get rid of Mussolini and become ready to invite the Americans in and what happened, get liberated? Well, because the American fought from Sicily, fought all the way up, all the way up from the, the way up. from the ocean, exactly, all, yeah. the way all the way up, and um, they had to push the Germans the, back. The, in the meantime, in the meantime, the Germans were getting very weak after the American got into the war because you know we didn't get in right away, but when we America went into the war. They were so overpowered because American had supplies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, the Germans were running out of that. But right. but, but so, my grandpa told me that along the way, Italian men were picking up rifles and fighting with them. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they, she I mean, said but, they were working underground with the Americans. So, exactly. And, and so, but, but but the government was kind of supportive of Germany, but the the, the men yeah. on the ground were fighting against their own. Right. Yeah. Right. Under, you know, the underground. Underground. Gone. I know that I had friends that were our age. But they went underground. And I never saw them again. So the so the men yeah. basically disappeared to go fight underground. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess if not, Mussolini yeah. would have conscripted them into his. Well, yeah. Otherwise, you either have to join or not. So if you join, so the, the so Mussolini. many of the men of fighting age were gone or, or just out of your village at the time. So when when you're having to when you're having a bomb attack and things are needing to be rebuilt, so is basically older men, young kids, and women doing all the work. There's no, uh, there's not, there's nothing like that during the war. What is keeps happening? That happened after the war, the reconstruction. But no, I'm talking about while, while it's being blown up. Are you having to go put things back together? And well, yeah, you have to be. I mean, there are people, yeah. you know, they have those kind of jobs. Yeah. I mean, I was young, so you know, I was trying to to get through my life, and mm -hmm. it was only me and my sister. Here's and my a question: mother. While the war's going on, were you able to go to church? Because I know you're Roman Catholic. You yes. go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel here in, in yeah. Heron, which yeah. is a phenomenal right. uh, Catholic community. Yeah. So were you able to maintain your faith through all well, this? Well, sure. The church was still always open. Didn't uh, shut down bombs coming down? Well, unless they were damaged. You know, if the, if the thing was damaged, but other than that, but they, then I they guess were the, open. I guess but, as soon as they could, the priest but, would do mass again. But uh, one example about uh, the underground boys that they did, what they did, the sabotage, like German, this one time that happened that I saw it, they sabotaged this German truck and killed 15 or 13, I forgot, a German 
soldier. So to retaliate, the German pulled 13 or 15 people from the prison that had nothing to do with bombing, killed them, and put it and laid them for three days for people to see, oh as an my. example, mm. uh, dead in this filling station, which ultimately they hung Mussolini upside down when they caught him. Now, explain that. Uh, now, now you, Mussolini died in your region, so yeah. the people well, turned was, on him. He was, running, he was running away to Switzerland when they caught him. The underground caught him. Good. These uh. people underground caught him, and they killed him, him and his girlfriend, and they brought him back to the filling station. And put him up there. <laughs> in memory of those 15. They were wow. Actually, they still have a monument, a monument that it says that the monument of the 15 martyrs. Fourteen or fifteen or thirteen. Unbelievable. But they left him there for three days, so the people would not do that again. Right. You know, because the underground and and since I didn't have any men involved, because my dad was not there by the time, I didn't really keep. You know what I mean? Didn't know a lot what was going on. Right. About the underground and all of that. Yeah, you told right. you, your dad. Your dad had been a car a car salesman in her early mm -hmm. days. Passed away when he's about thirty three. So your mom so, came. No, 35? she was thirty seven. She was thirty seven. Thirty seven. I forgot. He was thirty seven. The mom. My mom was thirty three. Thirty three, mm -hmm. and so he passed away. So he passed away before the war. No, he was passed away during the war. During the war. During the war. Yeah, during so your mom was kind of with you during the yeah. war. Yeah. But you know, his, 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 what he died of was not related right. to, to the war military. At all. Yeah. Did 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 you have other extended family living there? Or was oh your yeah, family I had my grandmother life? and I had two or three aunts because my mother, my grandmother has seven or eight children, wow. and so you know she lost some of them. And uh, they were all there during the war. Yeah, you were telling me beforehand that your next door neighbors, you had uh, Jewish neighbors. Tell well, me, you were telling me about having them next to you and well, what happened with we them. We didn't get to meet him and know him very well because all of a sudden we had this mom and son, you know, living next door. And by the time we got to know him, they they disappeared. We just couldn't find him anymore. But at that time, I didn't realize what the Germans were doing. I mean, oh. we just didn't know. Did people not know what, it, it wasn't generally known what they were doing when they took the no, Jews? No. So it didn't I mean, come at out least I didn't, because like I say, we didn't keep up politically, because I mean, we, you know, I was 14, my, my, my sister was 12. So we just, uh, we didn't realize what was going on where's with the your, Jewish people. Where's your, where's your sister day? Is she, she lied? She, she came, she came later on. She came here. She became a teacher. She went to SIU actually. Wow. And she was the first one to, to initiate at the, uh, Our Lady among Carmel. She was teaching Spanish. Which they're still doing it. What's what's but your sister's name? Rina. 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 And, and she's young. She's two years younger than you. Well, she died three, she died, three she or four died years. Ago. Three or four years ago. Wow. Yeah. But uh, she lived in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Did she have a nice family? Yeah, she has two daughters. Two daughters. Which I stay in touch with them all the time. They live. Uh, one lives in Knoxville. Now I met your son when you came in today. Nice right. looking young man. Right. Yeah. You've got how many children yourself? I have three: two boys and a girl. Two boys. Yeah. Do they live in this region or all? Yeah, of them? they all live here. Actually, my son lives in Florida, but he just moved here. Um, they're going to spend several months here and several months there because they have a lot of grandchildren here, and they don't have. So, um, I'm fortunate, very blessed to yes. have. You know, to be around family. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I want to do is I want to get one more piece of this in before we get into part two, but because uh, I'm watching the clock, that's on the countdown. So you told me that what's interesting, what what I got out of Beth from the from the uh, women's group, is 
you, you you're in a unique category. There are you, you came here in 1945. You said 46. 46. <laughs> 45. That's, that's, 46. Okay. that's like a Stapleton song. Was it 22 or 20, yeah. or 25 or 26? Uh, 46. And you were 19, right. roughly. And she is what you're what we call a war bride. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and there were a lot of Italian men, soldiers from this region that brought back war brides. Mm -hmm. So tell us what it, what a war, what is a war bride? If you're out there and you're a young lady out there, you're a young man and you think you, you're traumatized by living today. I just want to, I want to get on this. I want to get on my bandwagon for a minute. You're out here going, boy, it's so stressful being me today. It's so hard to be me and I'm having headaches and I need to see a psychiatrist and I need to be on lots of medication because you're just so stressed for what it's like to live today. Are you understanding that this young lady here, Sandra, she was 14 to 19. She went to school. She worked a job. And the whole time, anytime a bomb could drop on her head, she watched her village be blown up. She watched people be assassinated. She watched people be, be horribly assassinated back. People that she knew disappeared. Fighting age men disappeared. You know, you seem like you have your stuff together, you know? Well, um, I mean... <laughs> I, I didn't know what else to do. I mean, well, I you have to all, live, to live through it. You have right? all your hair. You have not right. pulled your hair out. No, you, 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 I have a lot of thick hair. Actually. You have a lot of thick hair. <laughs> my beauticians say my hair is very thick. So. But I mean, a lot of people today talk about how tough it is to live today and all the trauma today. No, no they're spoiled. People now, they're, yes. they're spoiled. They're spoiled. They add too much. Yes. Just too much. Mm -hmm. They don't even know what it is without. And that's a shame because it's an experience. That's how you learn to appreciate things when yes. you when you don't have it. I agree. And then you have it. Now the people, I mean, the new generation, they just born, you know, with a silver spoon in their mouth. So and, and you feel know. like you're entitled. Well, I didn't get this. On, I need this. The government needs okay. to provide this. And did did the Italian government, when, when you're in the middle of all this war, were they making sure you had stuff, or did you well, have? And I don't remember. They don't have all this program. I don't think. I never heard of it. But I do remember that Mussolini established um, the Girl Scouts and, yeah. and the Balila and then the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Because I remember marching in front, you know, right. in front of him when he stayed in the balcony one time. So he did establish that program. But outside of that, I really didn't but families it. fended for themselves. You rationed, you shared things. and Well, that one is because during the war, take like here now, you know, the, 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 the shelves are empty because the, there's not much available. Although here, it's nothing compared to. It's uh, nothing compared to that. When people think things are tough now, right. it's nothing compared nothing, to war, right? Yeah. But I mean, we did starve. But, no, right. But we didn't have, you know, we didn't have the surplus that you have. What here. did Italy look right. like as you were a younger child, like pre-14, before war? Very wealthy. I mean, good food, good supplies. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it was it was great, you know, before the war. So war was just yeah. devastating to the the whole world. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it just was All know, right. because, or it just was. So have you? Okay, you, you're war bright now. Let me ask this real quick: Have you gone back to Italy since coming here? You've been back. I've been back. I didn't go back to about eleven years. My mother came here, by the way, for a while, but okay. she didn't like it. She liked well, it. Uh, well, here's the thing about it. From Milano to Heron, I felt like I was buried alive. Oh, yes. I mean, really? I, came, well, I came to the second largest city in Italy, yeah. beautiful, with this Duomo di Cathedral. All oh, the yeah, and you come here, and it's I like a hole. For some, for Sunday, we used to go to the planetarium, to the zoo, mm -hmm. you know, cultural stuff. You went from we, New York, a cultural mega of Italy, okay. to Heron, Illinois, Illinois the, the, circa 1947, 48. Oh, my gosh. Well, you kind of felt like that when you moved I did. from Memphis. Sandra, I, I, 
while my family's all from here, my dad's from here, I grew up in Memphis. I grew up with my mom in the ballet, going to the park and the zoo, and I went to all boys private school. We had everything. When I moved here, everything shut down at 830. You couldn't find a decent food some italian food was good but you couldn't there was nothing fun to do there was no culture there was I, I i would drive back to memphis to get culture so i felt like i was when i moved here in 89 90 i thought i'd been stranded on an island exactly yeah 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 and i can't imagine being from milan and you came from a place where they had great food and great culture yeah, yeah. it's a different world southern illinois is. exactly now st louis gives you a little bit of culture uh, memphis but now you're traveling three four hours where well, you, I mean, I couldn't even speak English. Yeah. I didn't even know one word of English. Oh, wow. my. So that even made it worse because, it I mean, I'm a very community person. Mm -hmm. I like to communicate. So I had mm -hmm. to learn the language. And I learned it all by myself because they didn't have Logan wasn't even established oh at that my. time. Johnny Logan's not right. here. It I guess you, you, there were other Italians in this community that you could talk to, I guess, but not much. No, because the, the difference is every community over there has a different dialect. Yes. Oh. So the people here, they came here, they all spoke dialect. So, you know. It was a challenge to talk to them as well. We communicated some, you know what I mean, but it was not. At the, at the level like that I've taught, the Italian mm -hmm. that I've taught. So it was really, yeah. really a transfer. When, so when did you start feeling like you, <laughs> were you probably still ready to go back to Milan? I'd like to go back to Milan, but when did it, when did things, when oh, did the oh, island I, get I, better? I went back several times. I took groups. I took tourist Tour groups. Tour groups. Yeah. Oh, oh. when I taught at Logan, you know, they, 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 uh, they called me if I wanted to take it. So I took after that three or four two, uh, time I went back to take groups well, 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 well tell me about being a war bride so so how did you how does that happen <laughs> well, I'm, well, yeah, first you get married you get married you get married you, you, you that, find a, a that's a basic thing well, that's why well how did some, how did some soldiers sweep you off your feet and, well and, the reason why because he was very quiet and very handsome and <laughs> his name was colombo so i figured he was at the same background right not only that his grandparents have never met him Wow. And he got to meet his grandparents. Oh, while he was in Italy. While he was in well, Italy. Well, see, my grandpa oh, did, too. He went, and met, he went and met family when he was in Valparaiso. Oh, yeah. During the war, when the war was over, exactly. he went up in the hills and went to their homeland. Right. Exactly. And he had never been there. Exactly. Let me tell, I'll tell you a quick story real quick. My great, great, great grandma, Antonio Benetton, who is the first Benetton that settled here, mm -hmm. they came over as miners. They didn't come to Heron first. Antonio Benetton, who is Don's grandpa, mm -hmm. uh, my great grandpa's Charlie's dad, he's he's in the here he's in the Catholic cemetery. He's buried there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They came to Mexico, New Mexico, before it was a state. They were brought over as miners in New Mexico. When they got there, the mine petered out and they got hired to move to Heron to coal mine. Okay. And so that's how they quickly moved. So my family became Americans. Right when New Mexico, they became Americans in the territory of New Mexico. Mm -hmm. I actually have the citizenship papers on my wall at home, the original. Mm -hmm. So from from uh, Bernalillo County, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So so they became legally there. When Antonio got here, he brought grandma, and she never not spoke Italian. She he died here very quickly in the mines as a result of some mine right. stuff. And she grandpa was telling me during the interview that she had to have surgery. And she couldn't understand any of the doctors here. And she literally put herself on a steamer, went back to Italy, had the surgery, and, and then got, and then came back. 
just so she could go someplace that she can understand and, right. and, and, and be connected. Because yeah. she never really learned that. I have some people that they were here. They wanted that, uh, the pizza, the, one of the pizza places. Uh, their son, they were here with their children. When their son got sick, it was in a hospital. They couldn't speak English, so they asked me to, to help with the doctor. That you know, the, the, the pizza place yeah, that we used to like. I know it's probably them. Yeah, yeah fantastic. It's amazing what people did in the, the power of these Italian women, these naninos, these grandma, these women. Women are tough enough to not know. I mean, Grandpa says, I still don't know how she got there and got back. And another thing, my grandfather on my dad's side came to America, and we never heard from him again. So we still to this day don't know whether he died or he remarried and never let us know. All I remember was my grandmother. She had a little shop. And we always knew her. We never met her grandfather because he already come to the United States. That's and incredible. Just and, and disappeared. So, you just never. Yeah. All right. So, 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 so here's, are, are you doing well? Are you doing, doing are, fine. You're good, good. here's what we're going to do. We're going to end part one and we'll go right into part two. And I, I'm going to let the bride story start off part two. I know I've been teasing it. We're going to get into it. We're going to find out more about because because some dude swept this woman off her feet, and then next thing you know, she gets drugged. <laughs> well, here's the thing about it. I couldn't speak English. You couldn't speak Italian. Oh, yeah. So the, so the, so the, the way I, I met him is because my friend was interpreted for an English embassy in Milano. And so she said one night, she said, let's just go to the Red Cross because my, my husband was working for the Red Cross. I mean, in the military, they give you all job, right? He played uh -huh. baseball at one point, and now they assign him to, he was taking supply from Milano to Genova to the Red Cross, because they, they took over this restaurant in the middle of, uh, of the zoo. It's a beautiful restaurant. And so they made it the Red Cross for uh -huh. their soldiers. And so that's what he did. He went to Genova, picked up the supply, and then brought him over, and then they had, with the soldier went, you know, to have coffee and donut, and sometimes they have dances. So this one time that is dancing, my friend said, let's go. I said, no, 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 because I'm not not too sure about these Americans. <laughs> 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 but she said, well, no, that'll be fine. Let's just go. I can speak the language. So so anyway, that's what I met, Harry. And right away, he was a Colombo, and so she explained to him that he had relatives here and all of that, so we have something in common, yeah. you know. And so I kind of trusted him then. And that was yeah. the starting point. That was the starting point. Then he was deployed almost right away. He went to Tarcento, which is close to where you're talking about. Uh -huh. And um, and uh, so she would translate the letter for me in Italian and to him in English. So know, he went up to Torino and up there. I didn't go there. I didn't, didn't go, go there until we got married. So he took. He, he had to go back on. Into, so he was on leave, I guess, where he you were. Leave, yeah. And they got yeah. redeployed. Yeah. And they came back and got you. No, no, no. I mean, he, he was um, he was deployed, so, but he went to Tarcento and he was stationed there right, for a right, while. Right, for a while. Yeah. So then, you know, when he decided, when he asked me to marry him, I said, well, I really wanted him to stay there because I really never thought of leaving Italy. You should. You I, should. I never thought yeah, of Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, um, no. I mean, when I was young, I was happy there. Yeah, of course I, you I, were. Oh, yeah. Of course I you were. And the war's over. Never, yeah. And so... Anyway, when he asked me, then we did, and we got married, made the arrangement, and we got married at the church that I was baptized. Then I went up to Tarcento with him, but not after that. You know, it was time to come back home because he was ready to come back home. Mm -hmm. But when I talked about this one girl, I met this girl because you talk about what are these war brides? Well, there were a lot of girls that marry American soldiers, mm -hmm. so they have so many that the soldier came home on the on their own on their right. own boat, and 
all of us girls, we were all on one boat. So we went to, we left from Genova, then we went to Naples. Genova, Italy. Genova, Italy. It's right there close to Portofino and all Portofino, that. Portofino, yeah. right. That's where all the, the, the boats and everything. Is that where in. the famous salami comes from, Genova salami? There you go. And so that's where Christopher Columbus. Christopher came from. Columbus came from. Okay, excellent. So anyway, uh, my cousin lived there too. So you followed the same route that Christopher Columbus probably came came here on. Probably. Probably. I don't know. What not, no, I think I think not because we were only on the trip. I think maybe eight or nine days. He was on it for I don't know. Maybe you were a lot quicker. Yeah, you steamer. Yeah. We had a shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I met this friend. She was from Rome. She married a lieutenant. And we kind of we kind of got together and roomed together and everything, and I was friend with her until she died. And she lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh. and I, we never saw each other again. Oh. But we kept in touch with each other, right? You know, so I thought it's that incredible. was kind of cool. That yeah. we, we and she never learned to drive because she was in the city. So evidently, she didn't have use, you know, to drive around the city with a the car. They had a right. car when they went long. Right. Uh, her husband graduated from Cornell. He knew five languages, and her son wrote a book about his dad, and he put me in it as his mother friend. So I thought, oh. that, I thought that was all right. We're gonna come, we're, okay. We're gonna stop part one, and we're gonna come back in part two. Part, Sanders is great, and I'm gonna get into this war bride stuff. We're gonna get, we're gonna figure this out because this is cool, and we're gonna get into part two right away. We're not gonna break the episode, but we're gonna keep going. But but. This has been great. You want to keep listening. You want to get back in part two, guys, and come hear the rest of this because we're gonna we're gonna pull some stuff out of this that you're just gonna love. So don't miss it. And 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 this has been great so you're far. You're gonna have to pull it. I'll tell you. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back in part two in just a bit. Bye-bye.